saw it you know that new intro video was absolute fire ladies and gentlemen welcome to the one year anniversary of gentlemen's talk of course i don't need an introduction but i'm gonna introduce myself anyway i am the ceo of dilfs incorporated they call me mr gq i am the leader of the baby mama Steelers, dj michael b and as you can see we have two Supposed to be three, but somebody on CP time. We're going to let him figure it out when he figure it out. So in the building, we got the big homie, John L., one of the biggest supporters of the show. And, of course, hey, yo. you have heard be the majority of every single Jets joke, CEO of the punk-ass Jets himself. C oh, that's him. him. I got it. So I guess, I guess first and foremost, we will say – Congratulations to the Jets on acquiring that old ass quarterback that's probably gonna retire in a year and a half. They will take him. We just got to get to at least to the playoffs. Shout out to the we, we appreciate need you stopping by. As always. So, that boy is in straight nature over there. Yeah. So, we appreciate y'all coming on today. This is a big time show for us. Like I said, this is the one year anniversary of Gentlemen's Talk. Obviously, a year ago, we had no idea we would make it this far. Started off just as a regular old podcast like everybody else, recording in the studio hours upon hours during the pandemic of editing, trying to get it all perfect for the every single place you catch all your podcasts. To now, our new home here, we're from the sidelines. Now we're streaming live. we on YouTube. The whole world can see us. Here we are. So, gentlemen. How's it going? I mean, I've been excited all week, bro. I've been, hey, look, I've been excited since last week. We had a good Monday show, and now going down. Hey, I'm trying to I figure out like what Michael is. He looked like he in the same asylum. What's that? <laughs> he might be in Arkham or Hell for all we know. <laughs> all white walls is echoey. What, what's going on? You all right? <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm with it, man. Shout out to the leader of the Baby Mama Steelers, and here he go trolling again. See yo, Miss Dumb. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to let him make it, because I'm telling you right now, the one time he stands underneath that goal, I'm going to put this sack across his forehead. Uh-oh. No I'm gonna introduce him. I'm going to introduce him to my other title, the CEO of the Fuck Around and Find Out community. But until then... We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So, like Dang. I said, we've been doing this for a year. We've had John L in studio. We've had CJ all over the place. And we done just really and truly, he's been a part of our comic relief on the show. So we've had fun making fun of his, making fun of his Jets and everything else. But, you know, credit where credit's due. They did improve. They got the one piece they needed. They, yep. um, they, they put their, um, 
we'll say uh, they will put their baby mama stealer or their milf stealer on the bench. We'll see how that shit go. You finally got that reference. The milk king alone. <laughs> oh man, no, nah, that's. I mean, we we know what we know what it was when it came to Mister Mister Zach Wilson. So you know, oh, we'll leave it at that. But I want to get us started before we start. Um, before we start getting into the the recaps of all the things that have transpired over the last year, I want to recap. The liver shot her around the world that just happened this past weekend. Of course, Javante Davis and Mr. Garcia, there was a lot of shit talking going on in this fight. And it all came down to my man doing his best Tebow impression ending that fight. He gave out a great prayer to everybody that was at the stadium, everybody that was watching, the millions and billions that was watching. He was praying for everybody. Look, it didn't matter who he prayed to. Wasn't nobody going to save him from, from that liver shot that he took that put his ass down. And for those who watched the fight and was like, oh, that didn't look like it hurt. Oh, that looked like it was rigged. I'm going to need you to pay a little bit more attention when it comes to boxing. Listen to me very closely. Let me put the simple science in the sweet science of boxing. A liver shot is a delayed shot. It does not instantly put you down when you take that amount of force. That man's ribs were exposed when he took that shot. That force was transferred from the ribs to the liver when it finally happened. Getting hit in the liver is not too different from getting hit in the nuts minus the delayed reaction. That is why that man went down the way he went down and was not able to get up. You know what? It's kind of the same. And let me tell you why I say it's kind of the same. You get hit in the nuts. Yeah, you feel it, but it don't really kick in until you get the pain in your stomach. And the pain in your stomach is the delayed reaction when you get hit in the nuts. Unless you get tipped on, unless you get flicked on the head, you know, it's instant drop. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know, I know, John Neal know what I'm talking about. We got kids, you know how it is with kids. Man. kids. Hey, brother, look, hey, they don't, they have no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> kids do that shit by accident, too. And you'd be like, bro, I done got hair butted so many doggone times. I'd be like, look, I, 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 I want to. I think I saw you, my daughter's walking to you, I turn to the side just because. <laughs> 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 it's nothing worse when you get hit than when you sleep, though. Yeah. Nah, my, nah, my kids don't sleep in the bed when we, we ain't doing that. Yeah, now they they in their own bed. No, no, no. She, she, she they, slept in me a little bit when she happen. was sick, but she was in that bassinet and she went in her crib and she moved into that toddler bed. So we, no, nah, no, nah, not with daddy. I, she she a wild sleeper. She wanted him to sleep with all the limbs and doing all the shit. I'd be like, no, 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 my sister. Stay in your own bed. But <laughs> all in all, yeah, but all in all, it was a good fight leading up to that moment. Like, you, it, it started off, of course, Garcia just came out hella aggressive. He did try to put Tank on the ropes, which, I mean, he kind of did. He caught some good shots on him, but Tank was patiently waiting. And, of course, just not too different from what, what Izzy just recently did. He waited, he opened, and that opening happened, and he, and he dropped it. He put him on mm-hmm. the chin and dropped him immediately. I mean, what you expect? Like, I mean, Garcia was throwing a lot of the same conversation, and Tank started catching up. Yeah. He started countering and he started picking him apart. And that's exactly what I said was going to happen. Because people were like, well, Tank ain't never really fought nobody with knockout power like Garcia have. And I was like, this is the same thing y'all said when Mayweather fought Pacquiao. And my rebuttal to that one, he's never fought anybody with Tank. And that was the same thing I said about Mayweather when he fought Pacquiao. I said it's going to play out the same way, except this time it ended in a, in a knockout. But so I mean, does Garcia really have knockout power, or does he throw lots of punches and punches? He, he throws a lot of power punches. So. 
but he's not more powerful than Tank. No, hell no. no and hell I don't no. think he. I don't think he. He's fought. Yeah, I don't think nobody in that weight class is stronger than Tank. No. And I don't think he's fought somebody with the strong as strong of a jaw as as Tank had. And, and I want to fight again, but I want to see Tank move up into Garcia's normal weight class or walk around weight and have to fight again and see if that makes it. Oh, uh, without the um, without the what is it the uh, the, the re- rehydration clause or whatever. I mean, it wouldn't be bad. I'd like to see the rematch, but not like immediately. Like let's you know let's let some time pass a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's that, and then I, I, you know, it was. I don't know. We'll see how much of a difference it makes. I don't know if it will or not. It's just, it's just the way the tank moves. I don't think it matters what weight class they fight in. But you know, that's neither, you know, here nor there. But Ryan got to learn how to punch down. Shit, (laughs) all the hooks were missing. Oh man, (laughs) it was like this all game. And that's the thing, like Tank wasn't moving, he wasn't moving super fast. No, he was just kind of you know cruise controlling. You shorter them already. All you gotta do is stay, stay up under them hooks. Oh yeah. What problem with the fight was Tank looked like he was having like he took it serious and couldn't do shit. <laughs> Big brother fight. Clearly, because of the end result of that fight, we we know why he was you know not taking it serious. But then let's talk about what you had just told me. Um, I think it was I think yesterday you told me um, about uh the the, the mole in his camp or whatever. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, bro, listen, you can have a mole in your camp if you want to, or whatever the case might be. You still have to go out and perform. Period. Now, the whole thing with, oh, he got hurt by a sparring partner and then his sparring partner confirmed, whatever the hell all that was going on. But um, I don't know. Because my thing is, if he had a rib injury, I think it would have shown just a little bit more. Because the way he was throwing punches, you can't throw punches like that with rib injury. I was going to say the same thing. He looked real strong for his ribs to be hurt. Yeah, like, because ribs ribs play a massive factor in a lot. And the way he was swinging, I'm like, bruh. I've oh. had bruised ribs before, and you can barely walk right with bruised ribs. <laughs> you got a natural hunch. You hunched it yes. inside. Yes, I've like, had bruised ribs before. I had a fractured, a fractured rib and a bruised rib. So yeah, that, that junk hurt. I mean, if you go out and try to go play some sports or something, or go try to run, or just man, look now, walking. <laughs> Shout out to all the fans out there. We just hit 400 subscribers on the oh, YouTube. Man. So appreciate all of y'all. I got some of my cats that I'm out here. I'm out here in Arkansas right now. I'm not back in Texas. So I got some of my cats that's out there that's out here at the schoolhouse with me that was checking us out as well. So, you know, we got some new folks. You know, if y'all getting a chance to tune in and listen, man, y'all jump in the chat, man, so we can put that thing out there so we can have a little conversation in the chat. Hell yeah. So, moving down a little bit, I got a question for Mr. Johnnell down there because Mr. Johnnell is one of the few people that will essentially give us all the critiques in the world. After every episode, even if it's a okay, situation okay. where somebody like myself will be yawning through the podcast or, or you know, something random, but he catches it. Even, yeah, your phone vibrate. He like, bro, turn your phone off. Like, he always catches it. So I got a very important question for you, Mr. John. Now, what was your favorite yeah. moment when you started listening to the show? Oh, no, y'all, y'all know my favorite moment. I can't remember exactly what it was, but y'all gonna pick up on it. It was the, uh, I want to say it was a holiday. Probably Thanksgiving or something. I can't remember what it was, but y'all oh, had a Lord boxing God. conversation. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> that was Thanksgiving. That was live on live that on was my, that was my all time. 
I cried so hard during the episode laughing. I had to pause it probably three different times because I couldn't hear because I was laughing. I'm not lying. <laughs> y'all were in there, y'all were in there drunk, rambling on for what seemed like I don't know an hour, but it probably was only like 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> hey, but it was entertaining though. <laughs> it was oh, it was very entertaining because y'all, you know, I can't talk to y'all because I'm listening to it, but I'm like, yo, y'all are saying the same shit. <laughs> We were, but we were talking about like two different sports. We were talking about yeah, you exactly. Y'all were talking, y'all were talking about the same thing, but putting it in two different sports. I'm like, yo, he's saying if you would listen to him, but y'all would not let me tell the talk. Y'all were loud. Oh, bro, we was out of here. <laughs> oh, then yeah, who knows how many people was in the house? There was a couple people in there too, and y'all is. Mm, <laughs> how many people? Man, oh yeah, it was probably at least, at least, at least yeah, at least twenty people was at at the house. I'm about to say, yeah, I heard some people in the background or whatever. I kept yeah. hearing people like chime in on it. Then y'all, then y'all argue with them. I'm not sitting here eating, dog. It sounds like a space table. Hey, really, that or that or a bones table? One of the two for sure. Yeah. That sounded like something. the one OG sipping yak the whole time over there, slamming shit everywhere. Damn. Oh my god! I don't know what CJ trying to say. You got to they got to go. He was in the park and he's hungry. Yeah, I, said, I just got out of work. I went to the park and I'm hungry. Fat kid problems. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Mr. Iceman himself. So, Mr. Mr. CEO of the punk ass Jets, man. How you feel about y'all getting AR, AR 8 now? Can't call him AR 12 no more. I got to call him AR 8 now because he went back to his, his number from Cal. Yeah. So, big number 8. Man. It was about time, man. I thought that he, I didn't think he was going to come. How much Green Bay was trying to do this and do that. They didn't want to take this. They didn't want to take that. They wanted this and wanted that. I'm like, golly, y'all really don't want the man. Just let him go. No, nah, Green Bay go was going to try to get something. Went to go draft, uh, Green Bay went to go draft a quarterback. You know what? But Part of the problem with letting him go is they still had to pay a lot of dead cap space money, and they didn't want to do that. Right. Understood yeah, I- that. I wonder. I wonder if it was the. I wonder if the pick swap held it up, or if it was that conditional second that can turn into a first that held up the deal. One of them draft picks held it up. It wasn't the actual trade of you know Rodgers to the Jets. Like it was. It was one of those draft picks that held the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was that How first, many first round, round they got that held it up. They didn't want to yeah. let go of the first round draft pick. What's good, Buwap? What's good, bro? But we're going to see. Now it's the Jordan Love show out in Green Bay. We'll see how that pan out. Uh, for those of y'all that want to hear us talk that much more about football, y'all tune in on Fridays. Mm-hmm. It's going to be live. We're going to be talking, of course, because the NFL draft is literally, literally around the corner. So you already know how crazy that's going to be. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of trades happening. There's been some rumors that have been circulating. Like I said, we ain't going to talk too much about that. I'm excited. Let, you know. We're going to let that happen on the Friday show. If y'all have not caught DJ Michael B on the Monday show, doing what he do best, talking NBA all things, catch him on Monday. <laughs> and, of course, you know you got to catch the queen herself, Ms. Zamora. You got to catch her on Thursdays, player versus team. We got some special, special news from that. So here it is. Hey, guys. So we got a couple things on the docket for me coming up on Thursday. First of all, we got the ambassador himself, Dylan Brooks of the – around and find out movement who said don't talk to me or whatever unless you're dropping 40 on me yet you want to miss the last two press conferences that's really funny to me then we also got the Knicks is wilding as well as it's a spicy take but people trying to say that who they proclaim 
the hype to be for Kawhi is actually Hemi Butler himself because boy went off at 53. So, a couple things on the docket. Let me know what you think and tune in. Also, shout out to Gentleman's Talk. You heard what the queen said. So, of course, myself and Mr. John L., the two resident Heat fans in this beautiful round table, real quick, we're going to take a couple couple little bits to talk about Hemi Butler himself. Mr. Hemi himself. Mr. 56 on him one time for the himself. two times, for the three times. We up 3-1 on them punk-ass bucks. Hold on. You got to talk a different name than punk-ass bucks. No, nah, right now, right now we're, talking about the, we're talking about the other team in Wisconsin right now. Oh, okay. We're gonna, the, other, the other green bean. Yeah, the other green team. But there he is. What up, Troy? So we hoping that this happens. We need the Heat to go ahead and close it out tonight. We up 3-1. Even with Giannis giving him a triple double that last game, there was no answer for Hemi Butler. Point blank, period. Trash. There was no answer. That man got super hot. And look, here this man go again on that dumb shit. Talking about the talking about the Pistons will beat us. And I already told him, first of all, we broke them off all season long. You beat us once. We went three one against y'all this past season. What's the, what's, the, what's the Pistons doing right now? Chilling. Fishing? Uh, they fishing? I don't know. Uh, like it. Fish, look, they fishing for them wins that they didn't get this past season. Full, full vacation mode. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, we over here in championship you know, mode. They on vacation mode. Hey, side note real quick. Remember whenever we was talking about football playoffs? Maybe we should get this patented. Remember I said, well, in the NBA, we send them fishing. But when they go home from the playoffs in the NFL, it's time. We send them niggas hunting. We got to get that. We got to get that trademark. We send them hunting. Hey, look, I might, I might know somebody. We might be able to get that taken care of real quick. But back on this thing with the Heat. So we're hoping that they take care of business and close down, close it down tonight. I told you guys, and I said this, and I'm going to say it one more again. This is not your typical eighth seed. This Miami Heat team was the number one team in the East last year. Of course, we had some issues, some injuries, and um, we, we lost about mm, 15% of the offense that we generated last year for reasons unbeknownst to us. And we're doing this without Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero now. First of all, this man said the Pistons will forever be a better franchise than the Heat. That's also false. Pistons got three. Let's move on. Yeah. Pistons ain't been relevant since the early 2000s. No, no. Matter of fact, no, the Pistons do got three championships. Oh, shit. My bad. They do. No, they have three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got three. They got three. They got three, but the Heat have more. 20 years ago. Yeah, and, and then when they won in 05, 04, 05, whatever it was, then they got put out by LeBron the very next year. So. No, next year they lost, they lost to uh, San Antonio in the final the next year. No, I'm talking about in the playoffs. No, in the play, they, but they, I thought, no, I thought they got, no, LeBron put them out, I thought. No, they, they went back to back years to the, to the finals. The Pistons did. Because it was 03, 04 when they won the championship, and then 04, 05, they lost to San Antonio in the final. And then 05, 06 when LeBron won his first playoff. In the playoffs. Yeah. But as we know, they have not been relevant since. So no, no. Be happy for South Beach. Yeah, we we are happy for ain't South nobody, Beach. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to happy. Detroit for no vacation. <laughs> I, I, I like Jimmy Buckets since he was in freaking Chicago, and I, I when I was talking to Jimmy Buckets, the people was like, "Can't call him Jimmy Buckets. He don't get buckets like that." This and that. I said, "Well, he plays next to Derrick Rose, so he's playing second fiddle. But the one time he's gonna have his chance to shine, he gonna shine. I'm telling you." I, I saw it. Oh, he already did that. He showed that in the even in the bubble. He showed that. We seen like, that in the bubble. Yeah, I must say we seen that in the bubble. That man didn't even come off the floor in the during the bubble. That man was just <laughs> exhausting. Every every muscle in the body was exhausted trying to play and beat the Lakers. 
But I tell you what, it didn't happen, but it's okay. I will tell you what, um, Milwaukee is definitely in trouble. Uh, that's Skip you think Milwaukee's going to win the next three games? Why are you listening to Skip? Yeah, because I was trying to listen to what Shannon had to say. Okay, that's listen, not, okay. This, I this is not a this is not a a Doc Rivers coached Miami Heat team. Let's let's not <laughs> let's not play this one lead type of Let's not let's not go down that road. Okay, this is an Eric Spolstra <laughs> coach Miami respect. Heat team. Yeah, put some respect on my coach. All right, we're not we're not gonna go down. Just for his respect, that man been in the in the Miami for probably twenty years. That man started off as a video guy. This man was doing was a video VHS, guy, a like, VHS yeah. video guy. Like, <laughs> you gotta put that a in the true, VHS video. The guy. True definition of started from the bottom. Now we here. Like, <laughs> like this man started in the back room. You ain't even see him to front and center winning championships. Like, come on now. Anywho, we had to get that out the way because that was important. Because, like I said, very, very rarely do we have you know the other resident Heat fan on the show. So you know, I had to make sure we let him know that you know we always here for that. So, so if, if we had to predict the, the the rest of the series, what do you have the Heat winning in? Because I know you got the Heat winning the series, obviously. You see my you see my thing, Heat and six. I got I got tonight they're gonna win. I don't think I don't, I don't yeah. think we're gonna do back to back, but I got game six. Yeah. I had, a, I mean, I had, a, I had us in six from the beginning. Yeah, I didn't did. know how he was gonna get there yet, but I didn't sure. think we gonna be, I didn't <laughs> think we was gonna be three one. I'm telling you that right now. I had no clue it was gonna be three one. That was not in my prediction. Yeah, my brother had that conversation today. I said I ain't thinking my wildest dreams would be three one against the Bucks. No, I thought it was gonna be a back and forth, just like it was last year. Like I did not yeah. think that it was gonna be three one. Like in granted, say what you want. Oh, you know, Giannis didn't play for two games. Yeah, but but they blew the Heat out in game two, like mm-hmm. badly, like. Bad, but the Heat also won game one with Giannis on the court. Yeah, like I said, in spite of him having that triple double, you know, what I'm saying Jimmy Butler said, uh, hold my beer, let him do what but, he wants. Well, actually, everybody else down. In this case, hold my coffee. Let me be you know, correct, hold my coffee. I guess I could say hold my beer because he's also was is Michelob, I believe it is. He's also a sponsor for, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he a Michelob guy. There you have it, shit. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He said, "Why not if Giannis was out three games? I mean, yeah, he got he did get he got jacked up pretty bad in game one. Like like yeah. when he fell on that tailbone, I thought he I thought he actually I thought he fractured the tailbone the way he fell because he fell and he bounced. When you fall and you bounce like that and you that big, I was like, mm. yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot of hard falls, fouls. I mean, no, falls in these playoffs so far. Man, between Giannis and and Josh, Josh has been Josh is out there being straight reckless." Well, we already know that, about Josh. On that he's second, just young. On that second charge, he almost took LeBron out with him because LeBron. Yeah, he just, he's, he's, he's young still. But it goes to show you just how high Josh jumped because Josh's ass was in in LeBron's temple. <laughs> so, like, Back. like that's I'm just let's let's put that into perspective. And the fact that somehow Le, LeBron has never played football since he got out of you know out of young young school, he's protecting his head better than Russell Wilson was able to. That's fine. And LeBron gonna keep taking them charges and get him in foul trouble. He gonna keep trying. LeBron ain't dumb. It could be Yao Ming out there, John Moran going up. Yeah. (laughs) He gonna try. I mean, well, it ain't like dunking on Yao Ming was hard. He got dunked on by a lot of people. Okay, hold on. Wait wait a second. Hold on. Don't don't do that. He did. Listen, Mike, he did. It's not a it's not a disrespect thing. There's a highlight out there where y'all where y'all was getting dunked on like 
This y'all make Snapchat Bradley. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm not. He, I'm not. But, but KG got him. Kobe got him. Like he was getting dunked on by. Okay, KG. Kobe getting him is, is 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 something big. KG getting him, man. KG ain't that short, bro. KG's six months. I'm not saying that nothing new to him being short. It's the fact that he was getting dunked on, like, f like effortlessly. What's up, boy? Name Robertson. He used to play for the Knicks. He dunked on y'all, man. Oh, Nate. Wasn't the Knicks or the oh, Nate Robertson? Yeah. Yeah, but it was same Nate. shit. You think you ten feet in that height? Get that. <laughs> Hey, when you seven six, bro, you jump like three inches off the floor, dog. Oh, man, I'm not even... man, man, do number reach his hand up and grab that. That's what I'm saying. Playing. How you get that block? Hey, hey, Nate Robinson's a three-time dunk champion for a reason, bro. <laughs> he wasn't never no defensive champion. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's been very few of those. No, he got he, he probably got a poster of him blocking Yao Ming in his house right now. I mean, and Yao Ming might have a poster of him getting knocked out by the Paul brother. Oh, he might he really put it on the video. video put it on the video of some rain sounds. We're not gonna pretend like that man wasn't slumber. Yeah, he yeah, was buddy. out. Michael <laughs> don't work for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I thought we were done with boxing. <laughs> it just it all came full circle when we brought up Nate Robinson. It just there's nothing we can do about that. He decided to go out there and do that, not us. Because I would have done it. I'm I'm not finna do it. Maybe CJ will go do it. Um, that's that's right up his alley. But that's what happens when you chase a check. You're right. It's okay. Just so you know, CJ, I would I would I would put some money on you. Hey man, shoot. I got a mean I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna say it depends. <laughs> yeah, it depends on if your cardio good, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I need to see that showtime boxing, that training, that training video. I need to see that. <laughs> I need to see that. <laughs> Hey, your goat, kiss my ass, bro. Mind your business. Hey, but I mean, y'all did get a new coach. We did. Let's, matter of fact, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Rockets got Ime Udoka, of all people, because I for sure thought he was going to be a lock in Toronto, and I thought we were going to get Nick Nurse. I really did. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we got Ime Udoka. I mean, he did just take the Celtics to the final, even though they took an L, but shit. Um, I, I think y'all stole him. I'm not even gonna say you got him. I think you stole him because he should have. He should have had a job. Yeah, yeah. Like he should have had a job. Like I, I understand. Okay, we understand the situation. We we know he was um getting loose with the front office. We we got that, but that ain't got really much to do with the actual on court product. Facts. He he was a great coach over there at Boston. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. And then Houston is a bunch of. Houston team is a bunch of teenagers, so he he he, he know how to work with young people. So yeah, just don't party with him. Oh no, I'm trying to find him. I want to party with him. Not you. I'm talking about them team. Talking about them Rockets. <laughs> oh, this man said you a Rockets fan and a Man United fan. You damn right. <laughs> you damn right. Did they play today, or was that Man City to play today? Who played today? Or was that I didn't even. I think Man City played. I don't think Man U did. Oh, no. It came across my feed, but I didn't. I just saw. I saw Man, but don't. The only games I was I was trying to see or trying to catch up on was uh Barcelona. He said, "How good was he if that core went to the Eastern Conference Finals twice without him?" That was Man City. They won four uh, one. Yeah, gotcha. they using his formula. That's all. 
They probably ain't changed the offense one bit since he was. <laughs> I mean, they got. I mean, he got him. He got him over the hump of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, he got him to the finals. Because teams get to the teams get to the conference finals and don't make the finals, and they he got them to the finals. Granted, they were. I'm not gonna say they were outmatched, but yeah, they were. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> they ran yeah, into the wrong team. This is what we speak the truth. They ran into the wrong team, but. But that's the right, so already did that was different. You know, you and you look at it and everything that, that Brad Stevens was doing prior to him going up to the front, moving on up, if you will, going to the front office, like it was just always something missing with that team. Yeah. Like they would always they would overachieve, 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 but then when rubber met the road, they like fell apart. Insert new coach, insert Ime Udoka, and all of a sudden they make it to the finals. Sometimes coaching is just as important as the star players around them. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Coaching can, can win you a series. We've seen star players come in the team and be asked. That's true. Yeah. You're right, Boo. Now that's the question right now. I don't think this I don't think this upcoming season after obviously after this season fins, I don't think that we we're gonna see the same rockets that are always damn near towards the bottom of the league. I do think they'll I think they'll at least make it to a 500 team in this first year. It's going to take it's going to be some adjustments that have to be made, but I think I was going to ask you. I think he can get them to a 500 team. Maybe better. Maybe they'll overachieve, but I think he can get them to at least a 500 team. Michael, you don't look too (laughs) I mean, I know he watches them more than I do, but when I, the games that I do watch, like they're a young scrappy team and they're just missing that little bit. They're literally always, they're literally always right there. They're they're missing that structure that I think Coach Udoka brings to the fold. They will, but I still think they still need a veteran over there. Well, the rumors. I just had that conversation here. Of Mr. Mr. Strip Club Harden floating out there. So, you know, we'll see how that go. I don't think he comes back to Houston. I yeah, mean, I don't he, think he come he, back. He, I mean, he if he want to come, he want to come back to that that life. If he come back to Houston, that's the only reason he coming. Yeah, but if he come back to Houston, well, he got his restaurant. That young, that young core gonna be gone because they're gonna have to trade all of them away to afford his contract. Yeah, I I, I do believe on the Udoka they I don't know if they'll be five hundred though. I, <laughs> How many they won this year? About twenty games. No. Yeah. Anyone, I think I thought it was like fourteen. Yeah, just under. Yeah, I remember, just under. I remember fourteen, but I was trying to give them, you know, the. Yeah, like I don't. I don't under, they have the kind of record that gives them a high lottery pick this year. Yeah, that's well, why this was twenty dollars. Well, actually, no, it doesn't because they traded it away. But more importantly, I, I forgot who owns their first round pick, but it's not them. More importantly, you still got the damn draft lottery, which I mean, it's just at this point that don't happen. matter. You need to bring some veterans in. Because these yeah, young, they, they young need, guys, you need them. You need some <laughs> veterans to work with these young kids. At you, least you two. Need that, you need two. that mixture. Yeah, at least two. But the question it's becomes not, who? Who? That becomes a million dollar question. The problem with the NBA now is they don't keep veterans around like they used to. And most of the vet, most of the people that are veterans are like 33, 34, and they're trying to get a championship. To, like th- there's no Udonis Haslam's anywhere else really. Yeah, but you ain't gotta go get no 30-year-old veterans. You can get you some 26, 27, 28-year-old veterans. That's what yeah, I'm saying. They come they, to the league at 19. Yeah, they, like they, they, they come they into the league younger than, <laughs> younger than NFL players. 
Yeah, but most of the most players like that still want to get to a contending team or a team that can actually compete. And and that's the problem with the NBA now. Normally, your veterans would have been back in the day, 36, 35, 37, somewhere in that range. You don't get those no more because you, you, you trade those in for players that are 18, 19, and you're trying to, okay, he got potential. Let's try him out. That's what you're getting now. And Hold on, I'm going to stop right there because it ain't like that either no more. They over here, they, ch they chasing the market. They chasing the bag. They chasing the market. So that's you true. A veteran over yeah. the market over here. Not yeah, a lot of these cats really are. Hey, oh, I can get money over Houston ain't going. Houston ain't going to dish out no money right now because they're they're trying to build. They they think they got the the player of the future in Jalen Green, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, uh, Martin. I mean, like they 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 think they got their core together already. They ain't trying to dish out no money because eventually they gonna have to pay them guys. So assuming, assuming they pan out. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're not going to just be like, oh, let me pay you because we drafted you. No, no, no. That's not the case. But I mean, no, I mean you, ain't, you ain't about to get super paid out if you win twenty games a season. Yeah, just, this, this ain't this ain't the NFL. Like I don't have to pay you to pan out. Like I don't. You, you. I'm saying just just their projection projection is saying that <laughs> they demand some big money. Yeah, and then so, Buwab makes a good point. You know, it is hard to differentiate if, if players were getting better naturally or if a coach was taking them to new heights. That's why you really don't know unless you have a team that has that balance of young players and veteran players because then you know. You've got two things for certain. You've got experience from that particular coach, and you've got those veterans mentoring the young guys, and it's all coming together. That's really one of the only ways that we've seen. That's proven. Look at all of your championship teams of recent note. It is a mixture of young players and veteran players with veteran coaches. It's not a lot of rookie coaches that's out here doing that. That's my spiel on it. So you got, a, you got one of them crosses ready for us? Oh, yeah, of course I do. Oh, let's get it. Johnnell, you like you're ready. Look, this is not a uh, <laughs> top five. Spoiler alert. Look, 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 look. I don't know what Jeremy did, but the beats to these little the, the graphics now, hey, they be loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, graphic, the graphics is all Jeremy, and then uh, the the beat is Juke Fresh from yeah, his two K. Yeah, yeah, that's from yeah, the beat. The beat. That's the beat. The, 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 the That's that's coming straight from the brother Juke Fresh. We appreciate you. That's also, of course, you guys know the opening theme song in my zone comes from Juke Fresh. The one you hear from the crossover and the one you hear from the gentleman's lounge. Those are all beats. Specifically from Jew Fresh. So if you're not checking this man out, I'm telling you, you're missing out on pure, unadulterated greatness. Yes. This is my ride. Absolutely 100% shut the hell yeah. up and let DJ Michael B take over. So on you, sir. Let's get into the squad, over, gentlemen. Work to get to work. <laughs> because because I have three guys here that all played football in high school, I'm going to do something I never do. My crossover is going to involve the great game of football. All right, so we're gonna start off like this. Anybody here a Superman fan? No. No. It's better. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it's better. There is a huge fight that happened when Superman was one on one with a guy named Doomsday. I'm pretty sure everybody know how this story goes. Doomsday kills Superman. Superman still put on a good enough performance to where he kills Doomsday in the process. Of course, eventually they both come back to life and they fight a couple more times. 
that's not the point. The point is, Superman still put on a valiant effort, even though he lost and he was outmatched in our class. So here we go with the crossover today. The top 10 receiving performances in a Super Bowl in a losing effort. All right. They're receiving? Receiving performances in a losing effort in the Super Bowl. Yes, I did my research last night. It's the first topic I've done my own research 100% of the way. <laughs> hey, sometimes I, I, I listen to other people, but this time I did all the research myself. Honorable mention, one of the most epic performances ever. I think it's one of the most epic performances ever that is forgotten. Andre Reed, Super Bowl 27 versus John L. Cowboys. He had eight receptions for 152 yards. A lot of people forget about that performance. Yeah, ridiculous. I have a feeling and I know one of your top five already. No, you won't. <laughs> I guarantee I'm already, you. I'm, I'm already burning I'm through it right now. Okay, I'll be shocked if you don't have this particular receiver in a Super Bowl and a losing effort in your Jeremy, top write it five. down. Like that. Write it he, down. I, I got easy, you know what's okay. crazy? You know what's crazy? He's honorable mention. I'm pretty sure y'all, I, I, I think I know who y'all going with. And that is Mr. Terrell Owens when he was in Philadelphia. Uh, Nine receptions, 122 yards. The only reason why he did not make it into the top 10, he never scored. Oh, you That's got 10. I'm about to say, so you, yeah, I thought that was going to be in there. He, he, he never scored. Wait, so he, you, have he top five or, you have a top five or a top 10? He got a 10. He's at 11. Oh, wow. That's what I'm saying. I'm about to hear curious about this now. <laughs> yeah. See, there's a lot of performances I forgot about. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of stuff that's all like, oh damn, I didn't realize I that. that Here we go. Number 10, Michael Crabtree. Uh in the Super Bowl 47, five receptions, 109 yards, Pretty ridiculous. Number nine, here's one that we all forgot about. And it's a forgotten one because the Hawks, they had a pretty good receiving core the year they lost to the Super Bowl to New England. But what we all forgot about, Chris Matthews, four receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. People sleep on that one and forget all about that one. Because I damn sure was like, I wonder who. I started through and I was like, damn, I didn't realize Chris Matthews was the leading receiver on the team. Like, which was crazy. Where's my number? I think that's the game where Doug Baldwin made the catch of the game with that one off his damn. He did. He did. He did. Here's one that I didn't know that happened. Vance Johnson, and y'all might not even know who Vance Johnson is. I'm pretty sure some of you should know. Played for the Denver Broncos, Super Bowl 21. Five receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown versus the New York Giants. You know, NYG stand up. Here we go again. Number seven, one that is slept on because the Broncos got their asses blown out in the Super Bowl versus Seattle. And Demarius Thomas, 13 seconds, 118 yards in a touchdown. Mm. Big one. Uh, number, where am I? Number six. T. Higgins, four receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns versus the Rams. He outplayed every other receiver pretty much in that game. Uh, other than, of course, your Super Bowl MVP. I can't think of his name right now. It just slipped my mind for some reason. 
You know what I'm talking about, Jeremy. Help me out here. Upper cup or Odell Beckham? Yeah. Here's one I forgot about. Number five. Does anybody remember the, the receiver? Uh, Musain Muhammad. Yeah, he played for Carolina. Played for Carolina. In the Super Bowl, four receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Ridiculous. Let's go on to number four. Number four. Okay, so I couldn't pick between these people, so I'm going to just read off the whole New England Patriots stat line against Philadelphia. All right? So I, I just put them down there as a whole receiving team. Uh, Amendola, eight receptions, 152 yards. Chris Hogan, six receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Gronk. Nine receptions, 116, 116 yards, and two touchdowns, bro. And they still lost to Philadelphia. Not only that, Philadelphia did not have one single receiver to catch over 100 yards that game. That's when Tom Brady broke the Super Bowl record for passing yards in a losing effort. Number four, this is going back quite some time because it was Super Bowl 16 when passing wasn't even prominent. But there was a, a quarterback that played for the Bengals by the name of Dan Ross in Super Bowl 16. 11 receptions, 104 yards, and two touchdowns. Blew my mind because I never even knew that existed. Going on to number three. Where's my number three? You lost it. I did. He I definitely two. did. He wrote the number two twice. Kiss my ass whoever said that. <laughs> you know who said that. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Gronk was number three. I just read out the whole stat line. So Gronk was number three. So number two, Larry Fitzgerald. Y'all know what Larry did in that Super Bowl, bro. Oh, yeah, he would have been the Super Bowl MVP if they won that. Yeah. So seven receptions, 127 yards, two touchdowns, even though they lost. Shout out to my boy, Kurt Warner, man. That was a sad, sad, sad day for me. And number one. I didn't know this happened either because, I mean, obviously Sterling Sharp was gone. But uh, Green Bay versus Denver, when, when obviously whenever Denver won. Antonio Freeman, 126, yard, 126 yards, nine receptions, two touchdowns, and his long kick, 80 yards. There you have it. Now, I know y'all going to say, well, T.O. played on a broken ankle. Yes, I know. Yeah, he played on a broken leg. It wasn't a broken okay, ankle. I'm about to say, yeah, he pushed his leg up. Okay, and so I, had, I, know. I had Larry number one, so I we so yeah, I was close with that. Yeah, uh oh, CJ then dropped out. Oh well, but that's, that's right. He didn't drop out. He got his GED. Oh, okay. Well, uh, some that missed the list. One of them that that, that missed the list that I thought I, I almost put on, which was Wes Welker, one hundred and uh, eleven receptions, one hundred and three yards versus the Giants. Who the Giants winning? <clears throat> But obviously, going back and looking at that New England Super Bowl versus Philadelphia, I was just like in utter shock. I couldn't freaking believe all three of them people caught over 100 yards. That might be the greatest receiving performance ever in the Super Bowl, and they didn't win. Oh, definitely the best in that losing effort. <laughs> definitely the best in the losing effort. Even, even for the quarterback, like, but you know. We 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 lost. We lost to a famous play called the Philly Special that everybody uses now. Literally, yeah. It's it's not it's, it's not great to see anymore. It was great no. in that moment, and it was funny because it should have worked for the Patriots, but it didn't because 
Tom Brady fumbled the bag. Nigga can't catch. Clearly, we know this because we saw it. Because hey. I think he knew he was going to get his, his block knocked off. I, I, I guarantee you, had Tom Brady caught that pass, that would have been in the top ten today. I promise you, it would have. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But it would have been, you know, hey, it would have happened. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but that hey, was phenomenal crossover. Per usual, of course, per usual, because, you know, that's that's what we come to expect from you when it comes to those phenomenal little crossovers. So we're going to follow that up with a new segment. Uh-oh. John, I think you're going to like this. This is fun. We, we get the, This is where we make fun of rich people doing dumb things. So check it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let us talk about the dumb ass millionaires. Hey, this week, bro. This one we're going to start with. Notable to some, if you're a fan of the WWE, you will absolutely know who this former wrestler is, Ted DiBiase. He was charged with theft of millions intended for low income families. Now, at first glance, that story sounds very familiar, right? Like we've heard this story before. Because yeah. it happened in the same in the same instance that involves a quarterback, Brett ironically, a former Green Bay quarterback turned Jets quarterback. Hey, hold on, hold on, the, hold on. the irony involved in all these things, but that was a, that was when he went over there. That was a great time. He I'm not I'm over. not saying it wasn't, but what I'm it saying is, what is it with these dumbass millionaires and taking money from these low income people? And thinking that they weren't going to get caught. So Ted DiBiase was out here buying boats. He was buying cars. He was going on trips. He was doing all this, this fucked off shit with misappropriation of funds. Which, by the way, for those who don't understand what that is, that is a felony that holds a significant amount of jail time and a significant amount of fines. So we will not see Ted DiBiase, the son of the million dollar man, because he stole millions and millions of dollars. Dumbass. <laughs> So we're going that's, gonna, a, that's a federal a federal offense. So it's a federal felony. They won't be going to state. They will be going to a federal prison. No. Put it on the hill. Yeah. Like I said, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the junior million dollar man probably finna get millions and millions of different types of pee-pee his way now. <laughs> the best of the best. <laughs> nothing right. but the best for you, dumbass millionaires, all shapes and sizes. You know, he might he might pay his way to not get to do that. He might put up some money. Somebody gonna have to put up some money. Somebody gonna put up some money. He better hope Cody Rhodes come in and help him. They, they nah. probably gonna put him in a minimum security prison if he even go. That'll be the worst, and put him in a minimum security. He ain't gonna make it. Yeah, yeah. He gonna need all the protection. He ain't gonna make it the first twelve hours. So, nah. hey, brother. Dumbass millionaire number two. Oh, Dylan Brooks. Gotta bring him into the fold. I know who's going I gotta do it. Because Dylan Brooks has become <clears throat> a fake tough guy. Let's call it what it is. He's a fake tough guy. <clears throat> Nobody who wears their hair down like he did, looking like the long lost member of the player haters club, <laughs> can be a tough guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So this man come out here, of course, you know, he's calling LeBron old and all this stuff. You know, everybody's seen it. It's not it's not breaking news. You've all seen this before. But 
he follows this up with an interview and I'm going to quote him just because I thought the quote was just dumb as hell. The media is making me a villain. The fans are making me a villain. So now you think I intended to hit, you know, hit LeBron James in the nuts. I call him a dumbass man because he did he hit the man in the nuts. And there are people out here talking about he made, you know, he was making a basketball play. Fam. Fam. Your hand. got a, You got a handful of royal jewels. Stop it. Literally from the king. You was, was trying to get, you, was, you was trying to get the ball and got balls, <laughs> and then you got thrown out the game. That's what happened. And then you decided after, oh, if don't nobody put forty up on me, I don't respect him. So LeBron put up twenty two and twenty on you, which, according to my math, it's a little bit more than forty. If he just said forty, he didn't say forty. What he just said forty. Yeah. Right. So then you go interview this man and him and his salty nature with his little, you know, his little, you know, pimp name slick back type ponytails, <laughs> and. And now he's over there like, oh, you know, no comment. I'm like, oh, so Mr. Brooks, keep that same energy. Don't talk your shit and not back it up. Side I'm trying to tell you. Fuck, he looks tired. I'm telling you, he, <laughs> fuck, he, fuck, he fucked around and found out from the king. <clears throat> because when he drove, <clears throat> excuse me, and made that layup, that shit was beautiful. Because he did that thing where he gave him that dirty ass look, and you already know how that goes. Like, oh yeah, this game is no. He, he talked to him before the game even started. He did. And I'm I'm curious to know what he said. Because they have like they have it, of- they have on there what he said, but I forgot what he said. <clears throat> basically, in, in in some in in like shortened down, LeBron basically tell him stop talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, "Keep my name out your motherfucking mouth." <laughs> yeah let's just you know let's just you know speak, we're gonna speak for the king in this instance but those were the two that i highlighted because i was like well dylan brooks you've become a, a hey you know what? it must be a tough pill to swallow to know that lebron is 38 and at 38 he's better than you'll ever be in prime dog <laughs> that's a tough ass pill to swallow no but do y'all know the stat that who brought the stat up somebody brought this i've watched like morning sports shit they actually, I think it was on first take. He's actually been the worst player in the whole playoff so far. Yeah, it was a plus minus. Points, rebounds, yeah. assists, minutes, all that. He was dead last in pretty much everything. I don't I don't take plus minus as a real stat. I think it's a made-up stupid-ass stat. I think it no, is. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't plus minus. That was on his actual even, stats. <laughs> even in, even yeah, in the previous. He played so much minutes. Yeah, even in the previous game that the um that the Lakers played, not the one that they won in overtime, the one before that, LeBron had a had a like a minus six plus minus, and I'm like, but you know they still won the game, and I'm like, there you go, it like stop it. Plus minus is just for smart analytics people who probably never played basketball to you know have relevance in a conversation. Yeah, I don't take that into consideration. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't even you know, know how to do the plus minus shit. Nobody does. <laughs> I'm sure they got some kind of algorithm of some kind that we don't, we'll never understand because we're not smart enough because we didn't go to school for that stuff. So that's just what it is. Do we have a guest appearance? It sounds like we got a guest appearance. Somebody is upset right now. <laughs> that sounds familiar, don't it? Hey, yeah. That sound like sound like my house. Hell yeah, sound like my house. <laughs> Little mama made an appearance last week on the show. So did. Because <laughs> that's what she do. But, you know, unfortunately, she'll never, she'll never, ever, ever mm-hmm. be able to, she ain't going to pop up for the next five weeks. So 
that's just kind of what it is. Um, oh, look at that. All right. I'll never forget Stanley Johnson trying to talk shit on LeBron, and then he put up 35 and swept us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that did happen. That did happen. I remember that, but I don't remember the fucking shit. What do you say? I don't remember. I don't know. I I remember the it was the it was some serious bulletin board material. Yeah, yeah, but I can't remember what the fuck was happening. <laughs> it was no different than when that um it's something about players who are like irrelevant that talk to like yeah. you know legends because it's not niggas. the cat from the Pittsburgh Steelers that was talking that shit to Tom Brady. And Tom Brady went out there and hung like 35 on the ass. You don't you don't do that to a lot of people. We just ho- saw a whole documentary. Um, what Michael Jordan shit called? Uh, people just talking shit. The last dance. Yeah, the last dance. And, and he t- and he took that shit personal. He took it personal. Yeah, <laughs> he took that shit personal. Even, even his Tom own Brady teammates. The same thing. Oh, yeah. I, I hope I hope we get some kind of documentary. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is like, yeah. So well, he, had, uh, he had one documentary that was on Hulu. San Francisco didn't want to didn't want to take me, or Miami didn't want to take me. And I said, you're going to stick with that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I yeah, took that shit part from when I didn't want the Super Bowl the next year. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that shit was pretty dope on the shop. He, he, went, he went in on that one. But there, there is a documentary that came out for TB12. It was on it was on, um, it was on Hulu. It was pretty good. Not going to lie. I was, I, was, I was a fan. But I wouldn't expect you to be anything less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. But Mr. Mr., Mr. Wildman himself, the Iceman down there. What's up, man? What's one of your favorite moments that you've had on this wonderful show of ours that we call Gentlemen's Talk these days? Let me see. Out of all these episodes? Uh, (laughs) Probably your reoccurring theme. Well, mostly, you know, I I really do. uh, I can say one of my favorite moments is uh, y'all talking about the Jets, man. As long as y'all keep the Jets alive by talking about them, it's always uh, great. So, um, y'all talk about the Jets or Jets come out of all, or y'all say, you know, those goddamn Jets. Hey, I'm happy. Oh, those goddamn Jets. We definitely call them punk ass Jets. That's just how you know. That's just how we feel about them punk ass Jets. Amazing goddamn Cause, Jets. Because you you missed out on the episode when when Michael was talking that hot shit about about how you did in fantasy basketball this past season. Hey, look, look here, look here. Look here, look here. We, I heard about I'm that. Not even get into that. <laughs> oh, we can get into it for sure. Well, we can get into <laughs> it. We can get into it because <laughs> basketball was. You might not be uh, here next season, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come in last place, though. I'm happy about no, that. You did not come in last place. You did not. No, I, you, you did not come in last place. <laughs> you survived. Hey, damn, my friend, there's only eight people in the damn league, though. Hey, Jeremy. <laughs> hey, Jeremy. Hey, hey. What's hey, up? Hey, you hey. remember running track like a high school and you, you had to run a uh, event that you never ran? Like, look, I, at least I ain't coming last. <laughs> you know what? I'll it's tell you exactly what event that was. It was the first time the coach had my ass pole vault in the damn track meet. That's what it was. I was like, I didn't look, come in last. If you, if you got it, Michael, if you run a track and you have to do something that you know you never did, but you got to fill in the spot, all you're trying to do is not come in last. Place. <laughs> in fact, the, only thing. the coach would be perfectly fine. Uh, like, you gave it your back. Mike, you see this shit? I do see that shit. I chose to. I want to see this. Uh, We we trying to get everybody from the sidelines in this upcoming football for sure. So that includes you, Mr. Goat. And you can draft all the Detroit Lions if you want to. And you ask them to come in last place. 
I said what I said. Hmm. Point blank. Hmm. DJ Michael B. Yes, sir. Take us down memory lane. Talk to us about your favorite moment, which you you have been excited about pretty much for like the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna give three because there, there there's there's a lot of good moments. Um, the 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 third one is kind of is, is a tie. The third one is Janelle and Josh showing up to the studio to do the show because that though oh, those that, were oh, that shit was hilarious. Janelle's episode was fucking fire. Like we shot up. Quick to the moment when John L. can't do that bitch. And we got all the microphones working for that episode. Yeah, that's I the only even, time I didn't even sit down. I didn't even sit down yet. I had a couple fun. I was like, God damn, can I say hello first? Shit. <laughs> that's, that's how we say hello in my house. Take this drink. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> uh, and of course, Josh, Josh coming through. Uh, because Josh, Josh added something that we didn't, we didn't have. You know what I'm saying? Like he, it. it it was literally like a gentleman's talk kind of thing, which is talking about the cologne and uh and oh, yeah, the fragrance. Letting so, him just have his moment in the sun and just talk about all things fragrances was definitely dope. Yeah. Um, number two, of course, I think John L would agree with this. The top five songs that Wolverine broke Gene Gray back to. That was, a, that was a lot. That was a lot. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and last episode, we did another five songs. Yeah, <laughs> I was in there. I was in there. Oh man, that, yeah, he, John L was in the chat for that one. <laughs> that one was hilarious. Yeah, that was a good. One. And then my number one moment, John L might remember this. I don't know. C, I don't know if CJ ever heard this episode because it was it was in the beginning. But it was the most important episode. Jeremy. Dropped the biggest GQ bomb in the very first season. Oh, I'm about to say that was season one. Yeah, gentlemen's talk, bro. The GQ bomb for the ages, where he just ripped this girl to shreds, dog. Oh, oh no, no, I went back to that episode. Yes, y'all kept talking about it, so I had bro. to go back and, and get. Yeah, yeah, I was there. It, it was had so to get that off his heart. Mike, look, Mike just sat back like, go ahead, do what you need to do, dog. <laughs> I will never forget sitting across the table and I'm just like, oh shit. Yeah, I, had to, I had to look back at my phone, like, am I listening? What am I listening to? Like, these like, God damn. Yeah, y'all don't understand the significance of that episode. We looked, we looked at the second episode, the third episode, and all the episodes before, and we're pretty much steady. Then we got two weeks or a week ahead, and the, the that show was steady, and then out of nowhere. The following week, that episode just spiked up. <laughs> like, we, got an we went up like 110% of yeah. like normal streams. And we were like, hold on. Something is, something, I don't know. We didn't know what was going on. And then, of course, all the, um, all the, all the fuckery happened. And it was like, um, all right, so you're go. Let me, uh, let me educate you real quick. So on the podcast, Gentleman's Talk podcast that is on Spotify and all places where you catch your podcast, it is specifically... Episode four is what started everything. Mm -hmm. That's when we talked about toxic people and how toxic people can, you know, ruin good people. And then that that led to some some behind the scenes controversy. <laughs> we'll call it like that. We'll say it like that. Behind the scenes controversy that led to me addressing it. That led to it getting worse when an anonymous message that was no longer anonymous when I did some research came about. And I was like, all right, all right, I wasn't even going to address. I told Michael about it and I let it go. And I was like, man, fuck that. And 
Like, it was like, fuck that. Like, it was, no, I'm all involved. That's what's so. Yeah. When we, when we sat down, we was taking notes, and I looked at the, I looked at the outline, and I was like, man, fuck this. He was and, like, Mike, I got a GQ bomb for the ages, dog. When I tell you, I went basically, I went Wayne Drought for type shit. Because I did that shit in one take, no rehearsal, straight off the dome. No notes. No notes. That was raw, just fuck. That's like when I, uh, that's like when I listen to Joe Budden podcast, he'd be like, so y'all trying to go out of here right now? Because I got some shit. <laughs> so y'all trying to go out of here? That's what Jeremy did basically without even thinking about it. Yep. Just says, he was talking and he was thinking about it. He was like, you know what? Fuck this bitch. <laughs> this I just I unconsciously just unloaded. <laughs> Boy, any any pinch of anger you had was gone after. No, oh, but man. look, for, for a long time, he just went on and it just kept on going. I think that was that was the first time we had an episode like over an hour and a half. I don't yeah. know how long he was talking, but it was a minute of just Jeremy. I was like, damn, this nigga's like, he wanted, I'm glad she's not sitting around him because he would punch this bitch in the throat. Listen, <laughs> listen. If she would have been sitting anywhere around me, it would have been, she would have got RKO'd. Like, damn, that nigga locked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was, man. Whew, good times. All right. so, 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 enlighten us on your, uh, your moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll name a few since we have so many, but the very first, the very first one I want to bring to the fold is the very first time that the crossover came into the fold. It changed the dynamic of the entire show because <laughs> for, a, for a long point in time, we had our normal, we had our normal stuff. We talked about this, that, and the other, but some, for some reason, <clears throat> and I remember when you text me about it, like, Hey, I got this new idea, this new segment. I want to try it. And I was like, bet, let's give it a shot. It just brought the entire show together it was like if you threw some gorilla glue in that shit like that wig wasn't coming off like it just pulled it all together that nigga said gorilla glue in the wig dog it made me it made me think about that video everybody know a video i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) and then so what that proceeded for me to do was be like all right bet he done came out with that that was that was the that was the dj micah b signature yeah i was like i gotta keep that same energy and like how can i reciprocate this shit Henceforth, why the real talk came about, Oof. and it made too much sense. The real talk did spill into why the GQ bomb dropped, but the now, the, but the GQ bomb is its own thing. It's its own thing. But, but the real talk made too much sense, just given the way things were set up, and it was great getting an update on this game real quick for everybody. So the Grizzlies are up sixty-one to fifty-two at the moment. Interesting. And the Knicks are twelve minutes away from beating the Cavs, which. Is unfortunate because we thought, you know, the Cavs were gonna handle business. And how far up are they? Because you say twelve minutes. That's the beginning of the fourth quarter, huh? They're they're up. Well, so so the fourth quarter is just starting, and they're up by twelve. Twelve. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So twelve minutes up by twelve. That, yeah. They can hold that off. They can hold that off. They say that shit a couple times fast. Good lord. So another moment that was huge for us was yeah, the interview with you, Fresh. Yep, that that was what sparked because, and I told Micah that we had talked about this. A lot of you guys don't know the behind the scenes. I said we will not start the process of interviewing people until Jew Fresh is the first one. 
Mm-hmm. It just had it had to happen because without Ju Fresh, we don't have in my zone the theme song for the show. Without him, we don't have the curry slide that is for the crossover for DJ Michael. Be like, there are a lot of things that don't happen without him blessing off on us to utilize some of these phenomenal fire ass tracks. I wanted to bring him on tonight. I, I know he's got a lot going on because we do got to talk about his new EP and all the projects he got going on. So I really want to bring him back on. So my honorable mention before I get to my, my, my other one of my other ones I do is the interview that we did with Lundo. That was yeah. huge because it was, was the, it was the most unique interview that we did because it had nothing to do with with music, with sports. Like it was about fashion and business. So it was different. And I say that to, I say that to lead into what I'm going to say next, because next week, DJ Michael B will be on. We'll say vacation, to say the least. So he will not be here next week. But next week gentlemen's talk will still be live doing what we do best we will be having a black owned <clears throat> business round table i will have some black owned business owners on the round table we are going to be talking about the things that make them successful the things that they do and tips and tricks of the trade to kind of enlighten those who want to do the same things that these successful individuals have done so make sure y'all tune into that next week it's going to be on and popping it's going to be live i'm looking forward to that and he said, when is the backlash one? Um, that one is going to be interesting. That one, I'm not going to lie to you. We might have to slide into like a, we might have to do a surprise Tuesday show to yeah. pull that one off. Mm. So uh, keep 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 that in mind because we did say tell your goat we're going to bring him on for that. So that one might happen on Tuesday. We'll talk to uh, the other producer that's in the in the far, far background, Troy, and see if that you know works out for everybody involved. So, And moving on to my number two. Because my number two is the same one that DJ Michael Beat is his number one. Like, I don't think I've ever in my life <laughs> like that calmly. That was like the calmest I've ever gone off on somebody. That's like, what was so scary about it. <laughs> yeah, because because Lord knows that, that Micah has seen me go off in a not <clears throat> so calm manner. CJ too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've gone off in a not so calm manner, and yeah. I've learned this in my life that if a man or a woman in this manner can go off in a calm manner, you are in trouble because that is somebody that is in tune with their emotions. Right. And I was fully in tune with my emotions in that moment, but I was gonna definitely let them all hang out though. So that was how that was gonna happen. My number one moment is very simple and it's also very cliche at the same time, but it is the very first episode of Gentleman's Talk because that was. 10 years in the making when we made that episode. Yep. The introductory episode was 10 years in the making. So a backstory for those who do not know, me and DJ have been talking about this since college. Back at Lee College, we've been talking about this, wanting to do a podcast. We watched all the debate shows. We thought, hey, that could be us. Why can't we be on TV doing it like these guys? You know, that's how it started. And then it finally, thank you to Amazon for showing us the Mayono caster that popped up on sale one day and I sent it to him and I was like, bet this is a sign. We got to go ahead and get this thing one time. We got it. We learned some trials and errors, man. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, we failed. Boy, we, uh, we couldn't get microphones working for shit. Couldn't get sounds working. We couldn't get shit going. It now, took now imagine I'm a DJ and I know how to work all that shit and couldn't get nothing working, bro. It took watching hours of youtube videos to figure out it was something so simple phantom power phantom power <sighs> but boy, we got those on hey for those of you out here that want to start your podcast you get the man on a caster the man on a caster only has enough power to power one mic even though it has two damn inputs 
So you must have phantom power, and you can buy these beautiful boxes on Amazon, and they work great once you get them working and charging. You can use 12 or you can use 48, depending on how you're feeling. So that's mine, essentially. I'll also say this. Um, pro- the, the moment that we didn't bring up, which is probably the most important moment for us now, was the interview with Troy with from the sidelines, the first interview with Troy. Oh yeah, that did spark a lot after the fact, right? Because that was prior to us, you know, joining the from the sidelines family and becoming, you know, a normal staple in their weekly episodic setup. That's so what that it, was definitely a big one. Yeah, and if you guys have not checked that out, check us out on the from the sidelines YouTube channel in the playlist from the sidelines chronicles. You will see the interviews with Troy with Mel. With Moolidge, you will see that, like I told you guys. And so what's going to happen with that is in another two weeks, we will resume the From the Sidelines Chronicles. We still got a couple of more family members that we got to interview before we set up the culmination of all this. Because eventually, DJ Michael B's got to interview me, and I've got to interview him. So you already know how ridiculous that episodes are going to be. Because you're talking be about two, you, you are talking about two brothers. That's what you're talking about, two brothers. Yeah. So we might have to, we probably, we may just have to bring in, we might have to bring in some moderators. We may just have to bring John L. back and bring, because that, that shit going to be. Y'all go, y'all go, I'm going to let you know right now. perfectly fine. I'm going to let you know right now what's going to happen when y'all interview each other. Y'all going to start rambling the hell off <laughs> about who the fuck knows what. And then this thing going to be like eight hours. And then now Jeremy got to figure out where to cut this shit. <laughs> no, no, no. It ain't going to be eight hours. We ain't going to be all like that. Like, it's going to be just like the other interviews because what, what we're trying to do is let people see us behind gentlemen's talk. Like, who are we? Yeah. So, as we like to say, we like to peel back the curtain. We like you, yeah. you see that you see the personalities on the screen, you see all that stuff, but you don't know who they are. Yep, y'all know who we are. We all we we all go back like you know, four flats on a six four. We all go back, <laughs> but the general public does not know who we are, yeah. but they will know. So Obviously, we can't close out the show just yet because we have to do that thing that we do that involves. I've seen the heads bobbing, so I know y'all 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 fucking with the music. Yeah. The, music is, <laughs> the music keeps like, going. Sound like- Sound like Lil Dicky about to come start freestyle on that. Hey man, that's, hey, that's my shit, bro. I, hey, I, I, ain't, I, I haven't started freestyling to that hoe. <laughs> I haven't started watching the new season of Dave yet, but I'm going to because man, bro, Dave is. Yeah, Dave I ain't watched either. I ain't had time, is, but that shit is funny, bro. Dave is funny as hell, bro. Like if y'all that ain't watched that, bro, I'm telling you, and it's got like the <laughs> cheesiest that? theme song in existence. Oh, and it's um, dumb. Dave, it's dumb. It's, it's like Dickie. stupid funny. It is it's like, hi, I'm Dave. Lil Dicky, hi, I'm Dave. Yeah, it's really shit, but it's bro. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is watch the first season and you'll understand. And I'm gonna give if you, you do one... not have a sense of humor, you're not gonna get the show at all. No, you gotta no, have I some get, kind of sense yeah. of humor. I'm gonna give you, you know one... I gotta send the hell up. And I'm gonna give you no, one I'm, tell, key... I'm telling this to the people. Yeah, oh. tell this to the world. But I'm gonna give you one key reference from season one that when I say it and after you watch it, you'll get it. All I'm gonna say is milking table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that, that's it. I'm gonna leave. I'm, I'm not the only one lost because I looked at CJ. CJ like, uh, all right. That's all I'm gonna say, I'm gonna let I've it be. Show, so I know what talking about. I'm, I'm gonna let it be exactly what that is, and I'm gonna let if y'all watch it, you gonna know. So, I have a roundtable 
of distinguished gentlemen. I have three fathers here as well. And I have one of my closest friends. So I want to speak to the two fathers down there because, you know, we have fathers of multiple children going on here. So I have a question for the both of you. Do you think in 2023 specifically that it is harder to be a father than it was like in, let's say, even 2013 or even 2003? Is it harder? Given you, because obviously we didn't have kids twenty years ago, but we grew That's up. That's what I was trying to think. Parents. We grew up with yeah. our parents and the way. Just think about how your life was growing up, and then think about now you're in the same shoes that now your parents are in. I think, I think, I think it would. I think I'm gonna say, I want to say yes, only for the simple fact that kids nowadays don't know how to. I'm trying to say this because y'all say y'all not trying to get canceled. Oh no! This, that particular topic. Say what you are gonna say. As long as we ain't talking about the other topic. Kids these days, like week. we wouldn't. Uh, I don't want to say this. We wouldn't no bitch. <laughs> okay, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. That's, welcome to real talk, ladies and gentlemen. We wouldn't. <laughs> <no bitch. laughs> I'm trying to look. Clearly, I was trying to figure it out. But that's. I mean, that's that's definitely It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, granted, it was a lot of feelings back then too. But it's a lot of like feelings now that you can't say one thing or another you can't i ain't saying you got to beat your kids but you can't touch no fucking kids you can't talk to them no kind of way even if they playing sport you, you the coach can't talk to the kids a certain way without the parents want to come out the stands talking shit now you got to fight the parents because fuck y'all it's a lot <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm gonna think, say yeah. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yes because structure that's what I, that's the word i was trying to say all right okay there I'm we go so what do you think cj um you said 2003, 2013 to now? Uh, I'm say, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard, man. But first fact, man, everything, technology. That's huge. Technology. As us growing up, technology was there. Technology was there. But we was mostly going to fuck around and find out outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> Like where John L at right now. Yeah. We're going to fuck around and find out outside. You know what I'm saying? I was, you know, me, I, I know Micah know, but you know, me growing up, you know, around in the hood or whatever, man, we used to. Speak from, on it. <laughs> John L from Macnet too. Speak on that shit. Yeah. I mean, from, I don't know. If you think, if you thought, if you could think about it, we did it. <laughs> and it, it wasn't recorded. Out, it came home. It got me the kid. But, you know, and then another thing, man, I could say with the generation now, in the the the, the neighborhood ain't raising the kids no more. It's only on us. So yeah, that's the thing that make it more you know harder than what we had back in the day, twenty years ago, ten years ago. Okay. And then so to to start with what what Johnell said, I'm a I'm a frame it. <clears throat> using a different term, you know, say you say, you know, we wasn't, you know, we wasn't no bitches. What the problem, what, what, what this current generation is, is a word that was created by someone that is older than all four of us by the name of Diddy. And there's a lot of bitch assness. That's, that's what it that's is. That's the word. Because that's truly what it is. No, like, let's, let's, let's not pretend like it's not the truth. Because, and I, and I say that because this is exactly why. The fact that something like cyberbullying is a thing, 
Yeah. <laughs> First of all, look, ain't no way you finna sit there and bully and harass me with your thumbs and fingers on social media. Like, no, no. Man, you know how you've you've seen this and listen, you've seen it this entire episode. Your goat is a professional troll. He has been trolling me this whole episode. I'm not up in arms about it. Now, let me tell you what 13, 14 year old me would have done. I'd have sent him my I'd have sent him my address and said pull up. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would have done. But these kids, on the other hand, you know, they no, 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 no. We <clears throat> we make TikToks about each other. You know, we we do everything from afar. We don't we don't get in people's faces no more. Like, like the fights that break out with these kids, it take a long time before they actually throw hands. Like <laughs> they would rather talk about each other on Snapchat because it disappears, or you know, they got all these <clears throat> runaround methods. We'll say runaround methods, except for actually confronting the problem itself. Now, they got runaround methods and no run up method. That's the whole yeah. problem, right? Yeah. There. They damn sure don't run up. They ain't running up on nothing. They don't but, even know what the term run up or get done up means. No. They look, look, I was about to say, look, not, not even square. I was to say, catch the square. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, catch the square, ho. These they niggas don't, don't even know what a square is. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they didn't play four square in, in elementary school. That's why they don't know. They don't play shit. They don't play shit, Jeremy. They don't, they don't, they don't, they play, they don't play tetherball. They want to look cool now. People want to just look cool now. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, and then, like, Here's what here's what fucks me up, and I don't know if y'all seen this. Mike has seen this. Oh, they the kids that I've dealt with. How in the hell have the roles of the bullies switched? Why are the little kids the bullies and the big kids the softies? Oh no! Look, my my two year old, my two year old's a gangster. She's a gangster. Six year old, she's soft. Yeah, I'm with you now. Yeah, like I had a kid at one of my schools. I'm gonna leave all the rest of the details out, but this was a big kid. When I say big kid, like. I'm saying about five foot eight, about two ten, about two ten, give or take. The hell y'all breathing over there? You've seen some of my football kids before. <laughs> this is in my the first hell? school, but the kid that the, so the kid that was picking on him right was about five foot four. Mike, that I feel about 180 pounds, but no, tiny, but still smaller than this kid who had extremely long arms and everything else. And I'm like. So he comes up to me and he's just like, you know, coach, he's messing with me, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, let me ask you a question. <laughs> do you realize how big you are? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, listen, let me, let me explain this to you in the nicest way possible. If you stick your arm out, you can put your hand on his forehead and keep him back away from you. And he's like, I don't understand, coach. I said, it means you can take your hand and slap the taste out his mouth. <laughs> and he cannot reach you because he's short. You can physically put two hands on him. Mind you, this kid was a lineman. I was like, listen, you know how I always say to block for the quarterback? He's like, yeah, do the same thing to him. Put your hands in his chest and push him back and watch what happens. Big Michael Morrisoff. Now, normally, <laughs> normally you should not incite violence, but I was trying to teach a lesson of toughness in this particular moment. So I, I said, fuck it. <clears throat> so I'm bring up this other instance, right? This happened, and I was mind blown by this because this was like had a kid, same thing, little tiny kid, being a, being a being a bully. So this kid, this little slightly bigger kid, is like this is during one of my track practices. This is a long time ago. This wasn't my current school. During track practice, this kid didn't show up to track practice that day. He proceeds to go into the locker room, and he pisses all over this kid's locker, over all of his clothes, over all this stuff. <laughs> 
I'm trying to die. <laughs> so when I heard this, I was like, wait, 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 wait. You you mean to tell me that somebody pissed in your locker? Now I'm saying this as the responsible adult in the situation. In my head, I'm rolling because that kid had it coming. He deserved it. I was crying, laughing in my head. But I had to be a professional in this moment. But I was crying. Oh, I was crying. But I was like, all right. Well, here's what we need to do. Well, here's what you need to do. I'm not finna do. Here's what you need to do. I'm gonna give you these gloves. I'm gonna give you these latex gloves. And here's a trash bag. Put all them clothes in that trash bag, and and throw them away. But my mom's gonna kill me. If you tell your mama that your clothes is covered in another young boy's piss, I'm pretty sure she'll tell you to throw them away too. Yeah. Because if you bring that trash bag full of pee pee smelling ass clothes in your mama's house, it ain't gonna work. Nah. Like that's what I'm talking about. The differences between. Our Look, if you, if you piss on my plate, no fubu sweater, we fight. In my PE clothes. <laughs> okay, we'll oh, yeah. I will absolutely go home in my in my whack ass looking Baytown Junior uh, PE clothes from way back when. In a, in a little short short. Hey, yeah. If I know I'm about to go home and get beat because you peed on my clothes, guess what I'm about to do to you? Hey, look, I listen in that moment. I listened to what my mama said. I, I didn't start the fight, but I finished it. Yeah. He started it by pissing on my shit. So I'm gonna have to fight him in that particular moment. But I say all that to simply go back to a, a second question. How much of what's currently happening with this generation of kids do you think falls on us? Because these essentially would be our kids and really our kids. These would be our kids for the most part. Most most of these middle school, elementary, middle school age kids will be kids that we would have given the fact that we're all essentially in our 30s or close to our 30s. One of the two. Are you asking? Yes, I am asking. That is my question. I'm going to say a lot of it because I feel like every generation is their obligation to raise the one after them. And it, it's not even directly us. It can be like things your kids see and things your kids when they go to school. The teachers are different now. The fucking the other kids are different, so they're bringing all that energy back home. Right. And then, for yeah. the most part, or not even for the most part, sometimes you have to get all that whatever they learn there out of them, and then try to restructure before they go see that same thing again tomorrow, again <laughs> the next day, then the next fucking day. So that's kind of that's that's basically how I was raised. How I was raised, basically. You might can know where I was raised. It wasn't nothing good out there what I was doing. But guess where I stayed? Either at school. <clears throat> Or at some kind of practice, <laughs> or I'm doing something, or I'm doing some, or I'm doing some kind of work at home, either outside, inside, helping my dad, grandfather with something. Look, I went to figure out what to do. I lived in Ocadition, right behind Lee High School. I stayed on campus. I went to track practice. I went to choir rehearsal, and then at some point after five o'clock, I walked my happy ass across some train tracks to go home. I stayed my happy ass at school as long as possible. I literally tell everybody the best thing, the best way to raise your kids is to keep them busy. Yeah, if you keep them busy, they can't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's, that's so, so from the outside, oh, go ahead, CJ. My bad. Go ahead. Oh no, yeah, that's what I was thinking of, man. Yeah, 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 a lot of that falls on us, and falls on you know what, um, what we what we what we need to um, stress more on is on what's on their phones, what they're looking at on YouTube, things like that, but. Um, yeah, a lot of that falls on us, but like, like he said, what, what everybody's saying, you got to keep them busy. 
If you ain't keeping your kid busy, man, they, they figuring out everything by themselves. They going to the schoolhouse and figuring it out. Come back home, look on YouTube, look it up, figuring it out even more. Go back to school, figure out some more. But, you know, if they keep them busy through sports or whatever after school program or even at home, you know, giving them chores, go outside, get away, get away from this phone, get away from the game. <clears throat> that really is going to help the generation out. We know technology going to be there. We can't, can't do nothing about that. They're going to yeah. find it. I tell people, I tell people that all the time, like, oh, my kid don't be on, on their social media. Yeah, their kid do. My, you might be on there. <laughs> yeah, your, your kid, kid be on that motherfucker. He might not have a profile, but his homeboy do. And so he grab his homeboy profile. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they know. I'm just telling the truth. They know how to get around all that. My parents, my, 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 my kids don't. I was at a church at a church little uh, parenting thing, and they were saying, "Well, my child haven't. Uh, we got we um uh, we watch what our child watches." <laughs> I say, "Man, don't, if they go to that school, and that's it." Did you see that comment, CJ? No, I didn't. Oh no! Look, look, look. Oh snap! That's that's actually that's funny as hell. <laughs> I mean, look, that's coming from the horse's mouth, or in this case, the goat's mouth. But I would, I would backtrack and simply say, let's look at this from one other perspective, right? There's a generation that happened after us, right after us, that we haven't really talked much about, and it's the post 9-11 kids. Those yep. are the ones. Those are the ones that started, and not the kids, the parents, because obviously that was a massive event that happened in the world. And what it caused people to do, obviously, we caused a lot of unity. But what it also caused a lot of parents to do is coddle their kids. And I'm not saying it like it was a bad thing. What I'm saying is because something so traumatic happened to where we live, our home country, parents felt like I must give my child any and everything I possibly can because that could possibly, possibly happen again. Like, that's that is a that is a residual effect of a traumatic event. And then I say that because think about this very close. Think about the pandemic, right? Everybody was stuck at home. How much technology was going on during the pandemic? I was just about to ask you that. So you think that's gonna happen again with the COVID babies? I got a COVID baby. I got I, I do too. I do too. Yeah. And she, already, and she and as as you see on social media, she takes over my TV and she loves to. She she does have the tablet. She don't have it all the time. She has it, but she does yeah. watch. We on this trolls phase right now. We watch trolls every other fucking day now. <laughs> that's just what it is. But it's cool. It's cool. You know, it's cool. The new trolls movie comes out in like November or something. We're gonna go take her to the movies and she's gonna go watch it. But so we watch trolls and all the other stuff. But you know, but the good thing I I can say about about my daughter specifically being a COVID baby is she is all she's picked up on a big part of one of my traits. She is an outgoing outdoorsy child. She loves the park. She loves the splash pad. She likes to go to the little bouncy house. Like she likes to be outside. And I know this because whenever we try to bring her butt inside, oh, it's an all out war. Yep. Oh, she loses her mind. She does not want to come in the house. She'd be like, That's she my start like and I'm like, so I'm like, all right, cool. At least she likes to go outside and play. That's important. Because most of these kids, you got to practically force them to go outside these days. Let me tell you what my daughter does. She goes to the door and she says, side, side, side. Trying to open the damn door knob and shit. 
That's what my daughter does. Yeah, my son so, does. So we, so we, we, we good there. Um, my family will come visit me in about two weeks. We're gonna go hiking, so we're gonna see how little mama does on her first hiking trip. See how that go. Hey, you know what? Uh, let me ask y'all this. I'm not a parent, so I'm on the outside looking in, right? Coming soon. Don't worry. <laughs> God damn. Hey, Michael, take your time, brother. Take your time. <laughs> I, I just take my time. Let me ask y'all this real quick. Um, we are. I think. I think all of us come from a generation where most of the time, when you're when your parents were working and you come home from school, you're probably with your grandparents. Yeah. And and our grandparents grew up in a time where you could actually work and retire and have a social security and a nice pension. They come out, they come out of high school at 18 and they get a job in the fact you're making buku bread. And we you know what I'm saying? Obviously we don't have that, that much anymore, but I bring that up to say like grandparents were home and like CJ said, it takes a village. How much of the core values do you think you got from your grandparents more than your parents? And how much did that play a part in your life? Because now grandparents are working later into their lives. And by the time they retire, they they haven't had time to spend with their grandparents, teaching them growing up the way we, we had our grandparents in our lives. Because the generation before matters as much as the generation that raises you. Right. I, I can say for a fact, growing up, at all of my sporting events, my two loudest, most obnoxious cheerleaders were my mama and my granny. It didn't matter how loud the game was. Them two distinct-ass voices, I could hear. Literally, like, my whole family would come to my football games, and the only person I could hear in the stands would be my grandmother. That's the only, yeah, that's like, the only voice I can make out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was fortunate. A lot of the – a lot of – especially me and me and John L's COVID babies, we – and I, and I think, Mike, I think you may have done this, too. We were fortunate to also have our great-grandparents in our lives. I had my great-grandmother in, in my life for a very long time. You did. I learned a lot. Because you're talking about somebody who was born in the in the early 1900s. Like, 1900s. all the way. Well, she was born in 1917, to be exact. She died in oh, 1904. So, so, you're talking my about... So what you're talking about is a, is a is a woman who was also a minority. She was black and um, Native American, who was a teenager during the Great Depression, who was mm -hmm. an adult, basically a college aged adult during all the civil rights stuff, you know, World War II, all those things. So imagine that growing up and you've seen all that in your life. You're watching the world change right before your very eyes. And your main job growing up, you used to clean, you know, white folks houses to make bread. Because that was one of the only jobs, you know, you could get at that time, given the time period that we lived in. And obviously the rights and the things that women were allowed to do in a lot of those times. What they have now is not what they had in the 1950s and 60s. Hell no. Nah. You know, so being able to talk to her and have her raise me as well. because She there was she played a huge part in some key parts of my life as well, along with my grandmother and my mother. And my, some of my aunties too. I ain't, like you know, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna forget about my aunties now. My aunties is loco, but my, my aunties is they teach you a lot. You know what I'm saying? My 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 bear station, McNair, you know, Crosby, all my, my aunties that stay out there. Hey man, I learned a lot from them too. You already did. know. Like spread out. <laughs> oh y'all you know my John L, you know how stretched stretched out my family is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> 
I'm gonna say a rival neighborhood, Bear Station, Magna, yeah, because you because you know that's, hey, that's no, like that's the look, triangle right there. But that's people the people people nowadays don't understand how how much when we were younger and for whoever knows how long before that they didn't get along. The people didn't fuck around with each other. Now, like Bear Station, Crosby, oh, Magna, they like best friends. They like best friends now. Oh, <laughs> that used to be a war when we was younger. I'm like, damn. I still to this day don't know that many people there. <laughs> Man, I can look. I, I got I had a lot of people from my dad's side of the family in Bear Station in Crosby. Cause you couldn't call you couldn't call one the other because it's not the same. Isn't at all. Yeah. You, at you, all. Cannot, if you live in Crosby, you cannot nah you, you say somebody oh, no. from Crosby from Bear Station, it's a fight. Oh no, ninety is the dividing line, bro. Ninety is the dividing line. Yeah, like between them two neighbors, them two I say neighbors. Don't cross that bridge areas, talking shit. It's like if even in Baytown, you knew you knew if you lived in Central Heights, you lived in Old Baytown, you lived in McNair, you lived in Pelly, you lived in Kings College. Hey, McNair is not Baytown. McNair is not Baytown. Exactly. That sign, that sign says just, you're now entering Baytown when you're leaving McNair. Just, like, just, like, just, like people, just like people try to say Mount Bellevue ain't Baytown. They yeah. said the same thing. Mount Bellevue's not Baytown. I'm like, man, stop. Or whatever. <laughs> it's not. It's hey, listen. I don't know about Baytown police could not come in Kings County or McNair. Or Highlands for the at all until until they just until they just gave him jurisdiction. When I turned, the person that was in there was uh was Sherman. What's that? What's his last name? He was Sherman all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eagleton. Yeah, Yeah. he was the one. He was the one. It was and it was bad when you know the kids know him by his first name. Hey, Sherman. (laughs) Man, but. I I do think that's something because I mean, and then take it take it a step further, Michael. We talked about this. I think. When we talked with when we was talking to Mel, grandparents aren't that old these days. No. Grandparents are our age. Yeah. Grandparents are 33, 34. You're laughing. But I have a woman at my job. Oh, she's my. a grandparent. She's a grandparent right now, and she's 36. Yeah, I know somebody. Like she, that's she's not that's parent. not a grandparent. Like, that's not a grandparent. Like that's just unresponsible. Like, <laughs> well, uh, her daughter is twelve and had a baby. She's a grandparent at thirty six. God damn, that's not a grandparent. You a like I said, that's just irresponsible. Fuck yeah, that. I don't even know what to call you because I can't call you Granny. I can't call you Nana because you ain't old enough to be Nana. So no, look, no, no. That's a, that's another thing. That's another thing. A lot of them don't want to be called grandpa, Grandma no more. No. Nah. Yeah, they don't want to be called grandma and nanny and that no more. Yeah, well, they, they coming on. up with my mom. Name. My mom, my mom is one of those. She ain't want to be called. My mom is Nana, like that, and that's yeah, just what my, it is. My, my, my mom, my mom. Well, that's is fine. Nana. That's a that's a grandma name. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But they don't want to be called none of that. My I heard mom, one yeah, other day yeah. they want to be called glam grandma, like glam Damn, mom. What kind of Kardashian ass shit is that? That sounds. That sounds. I can't remember who said that, but somebody somebody was telling me they want to be called grandma. I can't remember where I was here. I ain't gonna mess up my kids like that. Look, I go, yeah, that's your grandmother. You can call her Nana, Mima. I don't care. <laughs> that's another one that we missing is we ain't got no more big mamas. No, well, no, 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 no. You ain't gonna get no more big mamas. My, no. my great grandma was literally called Big Mom. We called her Big Mom. <laughs> like, we you, ain't, her big you ain't got yeah, Big Mama used to round up everybody. Like, yeah, people who don't come from the black community don't understand like that movie soul food was real life like that's big mama like that's that's 
My great grandma had a big ass. Great grandma had a big ass house like that with a yeah. bunch. My grandma had like 13, 15 kids, something like that, and all of them got about five kids. Like, yeah, like it's a lot of people like, like, like <laughs> so Big Mama ran the family. Like Big Mama made a lot of decisions. Like yeah. Big Mama was that was Big Mama. My my grand my grandma was Big Mama of my family. The problem was the house that 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 Big Mamas normally have was in Trinidad because <laughs> we got a house in Trinidad with like. 14 rooms. My grandma had 14 kids, bro. And my mom is the baby. So that's why I didn't have when I was born. My great grandma was already dead, but my grandma was born 1923. Not too long after your great grandma. I don't know how people be having so many kids, bro. 14 kids sound crazy. That's on some upper neck candy. That's when that's when the men was at work and the woman was at home. They ain't got nothing else to do. Have some kids, they get them kids, some kids gonna raise the farm. Yeah, you had no TV. All they did was farm all day. So, so, so they the, the husbands can eat before they go to work. What you gonna do when you come home? Say, turn the radio on and, and beat it down. There you go. Or you turn the record player on and put a put a put a put a put a, put a vinyl on. There you go. Yeah, turn the vinyl on. Put on some. I don't know who's Johnny. Put on some Johnny Mar- put on some, watching us. Yeah. <laughs> put some Marvin Gaye on real quick. Hold on. Mar- 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 Marvin might be a little model for your grand for your great grandma, bro. Look, then let's let's go back. Look, let's put a little bit of Isley Brothers on. Yeah, hey, we for 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 your great Yeah, you need to me somebody. They've been they've been singing since like I feel like they've been singing since forever, ever. Like the fifties, Michael Michael Jackson. This seems like the fifties. So yeah, the fifties because it was out before Michael Jackson. Oh look, he done posted it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Some some of y'all gonna some of y'all gonna get it. That if you want to peel back the curtain on me, that's one way to do it. Like copy and paste that link real fast. Boy, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna learn you something right there about me. I'm gonna learn you something. You gonna you gonna understand why sometimes I call myself the CEO of the fuck around and find out club, and yeah. I did get a new member, and his name is Dylan Brooks. So. And I encourage all the females that's that's in the, on the broadcast right now to go tune in too. You know, just just to find something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> education, you know, you know. Just right. it, it, it's the truth though, because a lot of the times you always hear, "Oh, men ruin women," but you don't you don't ever hear the flip side of, "Okay, if a man ruined a woman, now the woman is toxic, and the, the toxic woman come back and ruin." A good man that's actually there for you. That's right. that's the side that y'all don't get to hear. Do you know why you don't hear that? It's our fault. That's always our fault. Niggas don't be yeah, but I say because niggas don't be exposing that type of yeah. shit. But every once in a while, like my wife tell me, I let shit build up to the point where you just blow the fuck up. Yeah, Jeremy just happened to be on mic when he blew the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, it's also because what like I said, I'll I'll peel back the curtain just a tad bit. Like what, what a lot of people don't know is that I, I have dealt with a lot of things and I've talked to a lot of people and I've dealt you know, done some therapy things. So I've learned the problem that most men have run into, and this is another future, you know, round table we'll have, is that there's that stigma that's always been there that it's weak to show emotion and it's weak to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, men are supposed to be men and men are supposed to just be hard and strong and all this, all this other shit. There's a reason why men's mental health became such a big thing during the pandemic. Facts. Because they had nothing else to do because they were confined with their families and they finally let that shit hang out. 
Yeah, there was no oh, outlet. Man, that shit was hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. I'm be, I'm meeting people that was just fucking home with their wives all the time, and they was going crazy. Well, I'm gonna be a uh, example of that because hey, I'm still trying to learn how to, you know, get my emotions out. You know, I've been through been through a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> What's the with Virgos, bro? We we are kind of just like we let that shit build, and then we just explode and we go off on anybody. This is not this is not a Lil Wayne thing, all right? Y'all gotta stop letting the beat build, man. Just just let it just let it out. You know it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't gonna let that shit bother me today. I ain't gonna let that shit bother me today. Look, next that's thing why y'all get along so well. Yeah. Next thing you know, twenty five days in, <laughs> I ain't gonna let that shit bother me today. No, nah, to hell with this. <laughs> on the on day twenty six. It's going down. Yeah, nigga said day twenty six, boy. Boy, always R and B. Hey, hey, we talk about them all the time. We're gonna we trying to bring them back into relevance. You know, just just throwing that out there. But we're gonna take this time. We're gonna wrap up. Um, I appreciate both of you for coming on with us. It's a big deal, you know, having two 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 OGs, especially Mister John Nell, Mister. I am the most honest critiquer of the show. So it's great to have him on. The leader of the podcast. Yep, the leader of the CEO of the Punk Ass Jets. Glad to have you on as well. Glad you was coming in to entertain us. So you know, more hey, you, power, know you know, before we go, we need to do one OG segment. An OG segment? Which one you want? Which, which one do? The shout outs. Let's get it <laughs> to the shout outs. Yeah, of I course. bet. <laughs> of course, you know my shout out. First and foremost is going to the two gentlemen underneath me on the screen. I don't know if y'all, if I'm above y'all on the screen or not. So. Uh, Jeremy's to my immediate left. Yes, they are both uh, underneath you. Y'all two have been very <laughs> instrumental in gentlemen's talk. Very, very instrumental. We appreciate that. And of course, shout out to Drew uh, Fresh. And of course, my shout outs going to my co-host. We started this. Hey, after 10 episodes, we we said, hey, we're not going to be one of those podcasts. We're going to keep going. Hell, I don't know how many episodes we in now, but hey, I wouldn't have it no other way. Hey, look, I lost count, and I'm glad I lost count. So, <laughs> like I said, echoing them sentiments real easily. Like I said, of course, the shout-outs got to go to these two these two gentlemen who came to the Gentleman's Lounge to partake in some Gentleman's Talk with us today on the one-year anniversary of Gentleman's Talk. So we appreciate both of you for coming through, always supporting. Of course, CJ, DJ, Micah B, being our LHG brothers, we appreciate all the support we've always continued to get from them. Already. Not to mention, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest producer that we talked to in our nice little circle, Mr. Jew Fresh, always coming through with that hot fire, spitting like Dylon one time for the one time. There you go. So, special shout out to the From the Sidelines family, Troy, Mel, Moo, Lamar, Booop. Appreciate you guys. Your goat, appreciate you as well. Zai. Shout outs for you guys. Zamora, the queen, you know, saying shout out to y'all, the first lady, you know, whatever it is you want to call him. We appreciate all of you guys for tuning in, for rocking with us, for being here. It's always been great. It's always a pleasure. We're going to continue to try to put out great content for you guys. Keep everything rocking. So, gentlemen, any last words? Well, I want to make a shout out to uh, Sleeping Beauty Jay, if he ever tuned in. Get <laughs> <laughs> his rest. I feel you, bro. Get your rest. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> That boy Jay be on some other other shit, boy. Oh man! Sorry, you know I gotta be that asshole out of the group. Oh man! Okay. Look, somebody had to do it. Johnel, <laughs> Johnel, final thoughts, bro. 
Hey, brother, look, I'm just I'm just excited y'all still here. Look, because I have a lot of people. Obviously, you know, during COVID, everybody's making podcasts. I've run across a lot of people making um, podcasts, come up, whatever. Like you said, I'm the biggest critiquer in the world. I've gave critique after critique to you guys. I've given critique after critique to everybody else. Trust me. A lot of them been real fucking harsh. Y'all been the only ones that actually taken into consideration. Because a lot of people, like you said, with the microphones, it sounds like they talk to a thing. And I can't stand it. I get one episode like that, I'm done. <laughs> if you don't, if you're going to start a podcast, invest in it. These guys have clearly made their investments. It's clearly paying off. They're getting bigger. They're getting better. It's only one year in. And look where we are now. Keep going. Don't stop. Man. I'll fucking enjoy it. Ain't no better way to end off a show than we doing it like that. Like I said, make sure you tune in to From the Sidelines. Check us out on Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio for the audio because, yes, we are there as well. Anywhere you catch yo podcast, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Player versus CJ, team. Do what? Okay, CJ, Mike on. Go ahead, Jeremy. I just want to okay. make sure. Okay. Um, make sure y'all tune in to player versus team tomorrow. Make sure y'all tune in to the football show. It's going to be live. Obviously, we got the draft around the corner. So you know it's going to be hot. It's going to be fire. So it sounds like since Michael was doing an audio check over there, he got something he want to do real quick before we decide to take it away. So DJ there is Michael no B. other way to end the one-year anniversary of Gentleman's Talk than letting out a whole Ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off. When I'm in my zone, I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm unknown to the world that's full of clones. My originality focused on principalities broken. I'm known in my heart and soul to the game that's scared to pay it back. And failure is a motherfucker. The strength to go on and believing in the number.